Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 127 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. We're heading into autumn and some of our queens appear to have gone missing. Stay tuned if you've recently inspected and appear to have a queenless colony. It might, in fact, all be fine. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm grateful to Honeypore Hives for sponsoring in part our podcast for this season. Honeypore Hives, as I'm sure you're aware, are Polly Langstroth Hives, and we're setting up an apiary full of their hives this season, courtesy of Honeypore. Check out their range of hives and other equipment on their website, and I'll leave links to all of the websites in the show notes as usual. Honeypore Hives, designed by beekeepers for beekeepers. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. What an incredible early autumn we're enjoying. I say enjoying, but to be honest, sometimes this heat can really get quite intense, especially when you're wearing a bee suit. The early part of the week was just so, with afternoon temperatures up around 28 or 29 degrees Celsius. That's well in excess of 80 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. I find I have to check myself, of course, and not get too over the top because I know many of you listening outside the UK will have daytime temperatures well in excess of that and there have been some terrible wildfires around the globe causing destruction and suffering on a scale that uh, quite fortunately I don't think I will ever experience. I do think this will be the last very hot week for this autumn. Certainly the forecast is for cooler conditions as we head into the weekend and then temperatures drop to around 20 degrees Celsius or below. That's about 68 degrees Fahrenheit. And with that, we see a change in the way the bees are likely to behave, although quite a number of colonies have been preparing for autumn and winter for some time now. More of that in a bit, but first a quick spin around the apiaries to give you a flavour of where we're at and what remains to be done before we hit the cooler weather in a week or two. Starting with our honeypore apiaries, of which we now have two, the first is at the alpaca apiary. As an aside, we were at the alpaca apiary at the beginning of the week and one of the alpacas decided it wanted to say hello, so I obliged by giving it a neck scratch. I say it as I'm not too good at identifying which it actually is, girl or boy. Anyway, it thoroughly enjoyed the neck scratch. There's a lot of neck to scratch, obviously, and it seemed decidedly disappointed when I headed back to the truck. I digress. The bees here are in great shape. That is all except one small nuke, which was held in a full-size hive ready to move into a nuke this week. Unfortunately, when I opened the hive, it was empty. What happened is it appears to have been robbed out and the bees have starved. It's a real shame, but sometimes these things happen and there's not a great deal that can be done about it. The hive has been shut down, loaded onto the truck and is ready to go back to the workshop to be cleaned and prepared for next season. Keeping the apiaries clean and tidy all year round is really important, but even more so right now with robbing wasps and bees on the lookout for every opportunity. 
Other than that, the remaining colonies have excellent food stores and all of them have nicely sized brood areas covering around six or more frames. Remember, these are 10 frame Langstroth hives from Honeypore, so the capacity of the brood boxes is quite substantial and they're all full of bees. The frames hold a decent amount of stores too, each one feeling quite weighty. I feel really good about this batch of hives. Most were nukes midsummer, and we introduced new queens into them. And with the exception of a couple of issues, they've all gone really well in building up for the winter. And I anticipate seeing them building quickly in the spring for the first nectar flow of the year. Our newest location is quite close to the Bluebell Apiary. That's the one where we have all the national bee hives at. This one is again all nationals and was to be the site of our featured honeypore apiary for the year. But with the COVID-19 lockdown, the site was shut down and with limited access, we had to withdraw and regroup. Once we regained access, we used the site for more national hives and nukes. This is the site that has been worst hit by wasps. We've had one nuke wiped out and all the other colonies have been on high alert constantly being hawked at the entrance with wasps trying to sneak in at the sides. We visited a week ago and reduced all of the entrances with small strips of foam to help. This not only makes it far more difficult for wasps to slip in unnoticed, but also causes something of a bottleneck, which means lots more bees at the entrance, ready to fight off the wasps when they descend and land outside the hive. The Bluebell Apiary has been interesting throughout the summer months. We've had some quite defensive colonies here and trying to tackle them has been a real challenge. Add to that the introduction of Gary's hives and we went from bad to worse. We did manage to split the very worst colony into several nukes. As Sod's law dictates, it was not just the nastiest colony but I had also managed to get it set up as a double brood. Double brood, double trouble and they were quite feisty when I split them down into nukes. Each one received a new queen, and apart from one casualty, all the rest have settled down, and with that, the colonies seem to have quietened too. Hopefully, that will continue over winter and into the new season, when we again open them up and see how they behave. Our biggest, strongest colony of the early season also found its way to this apiary, and you may recall I nearly killed them when they were on the oilseed rape, we removed all bar one of the supers, leaving a brood and a half set up with what I thought was more than enough food. However, within a week, they had devoured it all and were on the brink of starving when we inspected them again. They recovered quickly, but not enough to give us a full double crop. We did get a total of seven supers off them for the year, so I can't really complain too much. Other than that, the apiary is set up with a mixture of swarms and created nukes, all of which are in good shape, with the exception of one that's showing early signs of chronic bee paralysis virus. So I'll be having another close look at them once more before we shut everything down for the winter, and if needed, they'll be destroyed. Moving on to our allotment apiary, it's a little overcrowded. We've got two apiaries here, side by side, but to be honest, it's one big apiary divided by a track used by the allotment holders and it's nice to have the break as it makes for a convenient point at which to pause for a drink between inspections. It's a site we have to make changes to anyway this winter as the local council 
wants to open up the area, remove some trees and bushes and put some seating in for local residents. I'm not sure they'll appreciate some of the rather feisty colonies we have here, so a complete overhaul of what colonies we have and where is going to be required. And this is an important point that sometimes beekeepers forget. Not everyone loves to be around honeybees, and some people are even scared of them. I know it's hard to understand, but it's true. As responsible beekeepers, we need to ensure we do everything in our power to keep our bees away from the general public, and it's not always the ones who are frightened of winged insects that are the trouble. I've had beehives kicked over in the winter by unknown individuals, but I'm guessing probably one or more teenage boy, bored and with nothing better to do, probably on a dare to impress either their mates or the girls that are watching on. That's probably grossly unfair, but I suspect it could be close to the truth. So we need to protect the bees from the public and the public from the bees. Anyway, I think I shall have to move the bees completely away so the work can be carried out and then negotiate bringing them back in some form or other. I'd like to keep the bees at this site as it's always been super productive for me. The bees here are fine. We have a mix of hive types, commercial, national and a couple of Langstroths. The honeypore hives will be moved to be with the other Langstroth hives and we'll rejig the others accordingly. It's all looking fairly good here too, just one smaller colony that we might have to unite and a queenless Langstroth nuke that needs to be united with its neighbour. Another current problem site is our university location. It's a problem because the padlock on the gate has been changed and I wasn't told. It's always frustrating when you turn up at a location with a plan in mind and then find you have to spend hours trying to arrange for someone to come along and let you in. The task here was really to check on a polynuke that had been blown over by the extremely high winds we've recently had. Amazingly, it was in great condition, and apart from the poly roof having a chunk out of one edge, all was fine. Apart from having a walk around the hives to make sure there wasn't any wasps causing problems, I had a pile of spare kit left over from the summer that I wanted to remove back to the unit to keep it dry and clean. There is just one colony here that I wanted to have one last look at, as they produced a new queen a short while back, and I just need to make sure that the laying pattern is good. By that, I mean that there's lots of worker brood and not a mess of drone brood throughout the hive. The Fishing Lakes complex is home to three apiaries, and here we have all manner of hive types, and something I have to really get to grips with. It's not a huge issue, as I do have plenty of kit for each hive type, but having to carry everything around just in case it's needed can be a bit of a pain. And of course, it's always the hive type I've forgotten that needs the super or the queen excluder. The 14x12 apiary also houses the top bar hive, and all seems to be doing well, but it's this apiary that has thrown up an example of what appears to be a queenless colony. And that's what I was talking about in the introduction. And for beginners, at this time of the year, it can cause an awful lot of worry. The background is that we put treatments into the nukes and hives a few weeks ago and also added some food to all of them. For the most part, they're doing fine, but a few of them have been on what we call a brood break. This is where the queen stops laying eggs completely to the point that there's no open brood anywhere to be found in the hive. For the beginner beekeeper, 
this can be quite an alarming situation, especially if you're also feeding your bees. Because what happens is the bees will take the opportunity to gorge themselves on the feed and pack it into every vacant cell in the hive or nuke, giving the appearance that there's no queen present. The best thing to do is to pause feeding and give them a week or two. What you'll probably find is that the workers will respond to their queen by clearing out a patch of cells for her to start laying eggs in again and with a few days you'll have a nice growing patch of brood and your worries will dissolve away. That or you'll be hopelessly queenless and the colony will die. Such is the way of beekeeping unfortunately. What you have to do is develop an ability to read the combs and that comes with experience and chatting to more experienced beekeepers you can trust. Here I'd like to throw my hat into the ring and suggest, if you haven't already, signing up to my Patreon page for lots more content, tips, techniques and vitally support. Anyway, the brood break has likely been caused by the treatments. Not all the colonies have been affected, but enough to make it unlikely to be coincidental. If you find yourself in this position, just pause and have a think about what's been happening recently. Have you been treating them? and what might have caused the brood break, rather than immediately thinking they're queenless and rushing onto the internet to buy more queens. So, all the colonies at the fishing lakes are queen right, with the exception of one. It was the remnants of a summer swarm, and the queen has become a drone layer. I was thinking of uniting them with another colony, but as I typed this I was thinking I may change my mind and give them a new queen. I have several nukes to overwinter, so I have the availability, but then it's a spring nuke sale that I won't have. I'll have to report back on what I decide, I think. There is one other small colony, a nuke, that has chronic bee paralysis virus in this apiary, and I'm going to destroy that one in line with my policy for CBPV. Finally, we have our farm apiary to the south of Norwich. These are all honeypool Langstroth hives, and they are in fantastic shape. I introduced new queens in all of the nukes in late summer, and these have all been transferred into full-sized, 10-frame poly Langstroth hives from Honeypool. I'm probably most excited about this apiary, as I can't wait to see what these bees are going to be like in the spring. The location is fantastic, and the farmer has sown quite a bit of oilseed rape, which looks in great shape at the moment too. It's time to start getting some concrete plans sorted for next season and make sure that we have the bees ready for a fast start. I think I've been able to put everything in place to give the bees the best possible chances through the winter and enjoy a strong start next spring. I hope that you've also been able to get your bees prepared and settled over the past few weeks and that you feel happy you've done all you can too. Well, that's it for another week. Don't forget the annual subscriptions available on my Patreon page and grab two months free. That's regardless of what level of content you sign up for. Simply head over to the webpage, patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey and select access to the content that you'd like. The offer's only available until the end of September, so do make sure that you take a look at it before it expires. Links to the relevant information will, as usual, be in the podcast notes. But until next week, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Yeah.